0: Hi, I'm Mike Murphy. Is 5G going to change the world? It's starting to.
1: This is Sean Kinney and welcome to Will 5G Change the World? The podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. Before we get into our 5G discussion, we'd like to take a moment to get to know our guest a little bit better by posing three questions from the Proust Questionnaire. Returning to the show is Mr. Mike Murphy, Ericsson's Chief Technology Officer for North America. Mike, are you ready for those questions?
0: Yeah, I'm ready, Sean.
1: Question number one, what is your greatest extravagance?
0: Well, my greatest extravagance is I'm about to buy my wife a Chanel bag for Christmas. Uh, so that will be the biggest one this year. Uh, hopefully she's not listening else. I'm really committed to buying it.
1: And question number two, what do you regard as the lowest depth of misery?
0: That would be if I were to bomb in this interview after having joined a new company with all my colleagues listening.
1: And third question, Mike, what is your motto? Uh,
0: So this one will be a little more serious. So it's do it once, do it right, or don't do it at all. That's what my father taught me. And I think it applies to almost everything in life.
1: So, Mike, welcome back to the show. I believe you are our first recurring guest in the the run of the podcast. Uh, the last time you joined us, you were with a different company. So, maybe to start, tell us a little bit about your new role.
0: Oh, thanks, Sean. Actually, that's an honor. I was looking back, and our last uh, session was in November 2020, so a little over a year ago. Time flies. So my new role has similarities to my previous ones, so kind of same title, same geographic scope. Um, So when I was looking at coming over to Ericsson, I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. But actually, I'm amazed at the differences between Nokia and Ericsson and how they execute internally and some of the strategies in uh, the more disruptive areas. So I guess the moral of the story is you can't rest on your laurels and you're always learning, which is great.
1: In both positions, you've had the, uh, the ability to watch a lot of these macro trends that are really shaping the telecommunications sector. But one of the emerging ones that I, I think we're going to focus our discussion today on is around sustainability. So as we see 5G network deployment really proliferate in regions all over the world, there's this kind of dissonance between the need to move more data over network infrastructure, which you would sort of naturally equate to an increase in, in power consumption, which obviously a, a big focus of most sustainability initiatives. So maybe let's start with that big question. Can operators achieve their various 5G goals without simultaneously driving up their energy consumption?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So Uh, What drives energy consumption first and foremost is the availability of new spectrum, uh, thus requiring more equipment to uh, be deployed to use it. And then on top of that, uh, as you alluded to, is data consumption driving usage of the equipment. And in North America, both are growing. So uh, we completed the C-band auctions a while ago, then just recently the 3.45 gigahertz auctions. And we have uh, over five, gigahertz of millimeter wave spectrum that's largely unused. Um, and in data consumption, while we're on somewhat of a steady path hovering around 30% CAGR so, there's a lot of evidence to show that that could grow dramatically. So in Korea, for example, we're seeing data usage in 5G at over 2.5 times that of 4G. I think it was Neville Ray from T-Mobile who said they saw that as well in some parts of T-Mobile. So, you know, these two things kind of suggest that we're on a significant energy growth trend. And at the same time, uh, you know, our customers have set carbon neutral goals for roughly 10 to 15 years from now. So, you know, you, you would kind of think, how is how is it possible that, that we're not going to grow uh, energy consumption dramatically in the transition to 5G? And I think the answer is um, it really takes a holistic approach. Um, I was thinking about this, you know, I, I bought a house that was built in the 1840s in Canada, and I spent seven years renovating it. And when you do that, you can't leave any stone unturned. You have, you have to touch 100% of it. So it's the same thing here with sustainability and trying to reduce the energy curve in, the, in this transition to 5G. You have to take a holistic approach. And practically what that means is uh, network modernization, so of uh, equipment, uh, energy smart operations, meaning how you use it, and looking at different uh, renewable energy sources. But we believe by doing it right, you can actually reduce total energy consumption over time from where we are now. So I'll give you a, a few good examples. So numbers always help. So uh, uh, for example, technology we used in uh, one of our newer 5G radios in Vodafone in the UK um, actually deployed now. So it's, this, these are real measurements. We got about 43 to 55% less energy consumption compared to the previous generation. And that's only on a single radio. And then in Ordu in Indonesia, uh, we deployed some um, uh, solar energy for some of our sites and we saw about a 50% reduction for those sites. Those are really big numbers. So if you just imagine if we didn't even have 5G and we had just looking at 4G and we applied those across a whole network, that's really dramatic savings. That's on the hardware side. Now, above and beyond that on the software side, there was a lot of good things done in 3GPP uh, to make the spec uh, more um, supportive, let's say, of uh, energy consumption. And then on top of that, we have our own innovations where we look at how to actually uh, turn off radio emissions uh, altogether uh, during, they call it sleep or smart scheduler solutions. And that can reduce uh, consumption a further 15% during uh, idle periods. So in short, we have a lot of tools and technology available now that we didn't have before. And if you uh, apply it appropriately, and holistically, like I mentioned, we actually think you can uh, change the demand trend quite significantly.
1: So, Mike, you referenced the uh, the energy curve and and discussed with us how network modernization, energy smart operations, and renewable energy sources can can break the energy curve through this five G transition. Uh, breaking the energy curve, something Ericsson. Uh, explored pretty deeply in a recent white paper. And before we kind of look forward, I was hoping you could give us a a look back and some historical perspective on the energy curve as it relates to previous generational upgrades of cellular. What's the trend line look like?
0: Sure. So if we look over the last 10 years, uh, smartphones grew from about 1 to 6 billion uh, users and uh, traffic increased about 300-fold. But at the same time, energy consumption only went up about 64% from 90 to 150 uh, terawatts. And uh, that 10 years, by the way, so going back 2011 to 2021, that's pretty much the 3G to 4G transition time. Um, so you could say that you know the transition from 3G to 4G caused a 64% increase in energy consumption. So if we didn't do anything, we did everything the exact same way. Then the transition from 4G to 5G, you might expect it to be in a similar kind of ballpark, and in fact, that's uh, what our studies show. if if we if we don't take action, then we will have a growth like that. But if we apply some of those tools I mentioned earlier, we think you can get that 64 percent to drop down dramatically, even below today's consumption rates. But it does take this whole cake type of approach, and we're, you know, I guess we'll see if the industry and our customers are really ready to do that. But they made these carbon neutral commitments. So I think this is actually the only way they can achieve them. Uh, The other thing on our side a little bit, perhaps, is that, you know, the 3G to 4G transition, that one to 6 billion growth in smartphones, I don't think we're going to see another 6 billion growth in the 4G to 5G because there's only 8 billion people on the planet. So there might be a few things in terms of the growth curves that will help us in uh, 5G as well.
1: So now I want to talk through this first from an Ericsson perspective, and then from the perspective of an operator, you you rightly noted that a lot of them have uh, carbon neutrality goals. So obviously, there's a, a, an overlap here. But just from the Ericsson side, I know this concept of technology for good has really been a, a core corporate value and this conversation around sustainability, I think, directly aligns with that. But maybe you could detail for us what Ericsson sees as the company's responsibility to its employees, its customers, its technology partners, and you know, at that kind of global level to, to everyone, really, as it relates to the sustainability practices within the company.
0: Sure. Well, I I, I guess the definition of bottom line is evolving a little bit and it's getting paired with social and environmental considerations. Even for myself, you know, when I joined Ericsson, I, I looked a lot at things like diversity, ethics, sustainability, they're all considerations for me. And frankly, Ericsson looked like it had a pretty good track record there. So that was an attraction as an employee. So I guess that's one other benefit and some uh, on the on the more factual side, you know, Ericsson um, is supportive of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Those seventeen goals that were issued in twenty fifteen. It set some uh, climate action targets in twenty seventeen and, and just a couple of years ago, set a carbon neutral target for about twenty thirty. So you know, you but you can have all these targets and they sound great. But what's more important is how you're how you're actually going to track to achieve them. Um, I'm from Canada. Uh, Canada set some uh, climate targets and they're not exactly <laughs> on the track to achieve them, is what you hear in the news. But in Ericsson in 2020, uh, we've reported a 57% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions for company operations versus 2016. So, you know, some of those plans way back in 2015 are actually uh, happening now in terms of the results. And um, we got, actually, we got recognized for that as one of the 100 most sustainably managed companies in the world, according to the Dow Jones Sustainability Index, the DJSI. Uh, but the, the, one of the pride and joys of Ericsson, and as a new employee, I can attest to this uh, very well, it's talked about a lot, is a 5G Smart Factory in Louisville, Texas, uh, which is not too far from me right now. So it got, uh, you know, to start off, it got LEED Gold Certified. That's, uh, if I recall right, that's getting 60 to 79 points in this LEED certification process, just below platinum. That's in the overall construction, the operation of it. Um, and But the more interesting figures are, it was designed from the start to be 24% more energy efficient and use 75% less water than similar factories and use 100% renewable power. Uh, some of that from solar energy on site and some of that from the grid, which was uh, using so, uh, renewables. So on, on top of all that, uh, the environmental accomplishments, it uh, we showing a 2.2 times improvement in the output per employee. Um, and that got us a lot of accolades as well. So it was recognized in the World Economic Forum for Global Leadership, in um, this fourth industrial revolution getting uh, getting called a sustainability, uh, designated as a sustainability lighthouse. And by the way, just prior to this call, I was looking at who got the sustainability lighthouse designations and we're the only uh, telecom vendor there. So that's good. So aside from doing technology for good, we see these uh, goals as uh, supporting attraction employees like me as well. Uh, Helping support our customer goals and being good for the bottom line at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the bottom line there. So maybe we can flip this from an operator uh, perspective. Uh, As you said, they've articulated carbon neutral goals in a roughly 10 to 15 year timeline. They're involved in consortia like the World Economic Forum that studies sustainability at this sort of macro actionable level. So obviously an important goal for a lot of these big tier one operators, but they're big public companies. They have another goal. That's uh, their responsibility to return value to shareholders. And that can certainly be furthered by lowering your power bill, lower your TCO over the life cycle of a network and you know retain those savings. What are your thoughts there? It seems like you can serve both of those goals if you take this uh, focused, holistic approach.
0: So, so sometimes numbers help. So in our customers, 90% of their emissions come from power uh, running their network. So you could say that they're just doing the obvious to help their bottom lines, if I, if I understood your question right. But um, if you look at investors now, so the BlackRock CEO, Larry Fink, uh, he said in his annual report that sustainability has become a critical factor necessitating uh, companies' long-term values. Um, long-term value. And he manages about... Uh, 9.4 trillion USD worth of assets. So, I mean, just think of that 9.4 trillion. And he's using sustainability as a, as a factor in assessing companies. Then I also saw the Goldman Sachs, I believe it's David Solomon. They have a target of uh, 750 billion in sustainable uh, asset uh, investments over the next 10 years. And they're at 156 billion about now. So it's 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 not just about you know helping yourself. Then uh, it's become a business imperative, and so it's a it's a business imperative in general. And our customers are putting demands on us uh, to support them in this regard, and that's showing up in RFPs, by the way. So you'd be hard pressed to find an RFP these days that doesn't ask your energy consumption and what are your targets going forward. So. But the whole ecosystem is moving towards a situation where business success demands a strong sustainability program as well.
1: So, Mike, you told us at the the top of the show that you think 5G is starting to to change the world. But given the conversation we've had today, maybe the better question is, is can 5G start to help improve the world in terms of, of driving sustainability, not just as a function of more modern, efficient network infrastructure, but take it to the next level and look at these applications that 5G and IoT can support and uh, that would ride on top of those networks. So it seems like there's the opportunity to create a nice nice flywheel of uh, sustainability as a function of, of what 5G can do and is.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So uh, COVID has resulted in remote work and it looks like you know that's more or less going to be on a permanent basis maybe not 100%, but at least 50% or so, and that's enabled by uh, fixed and wireless solutions. And the side effect of that is dramatic decrease in energy consumption uh, due to travel and basically not using uh, some of our corporate buildings. And of course, the whole idea of 5G is to apply it to digitization and automation of vertical industries. So the numbers say something like 1.5% of the global carbon footprint of the world is due to the ICT industry. But the ICT industry can also impact a further 15% by the uh, sectors that it supports. Uh, And then I was looking just last week, intelligence, uh, because our CEO was uh, quoted in there, intelligence CIO reported that applying 5G in Europe to the four highest emitting sectors, which is uh, power, transport, manufacturing, and buildings, it could save the EU's total energy consumption about 5% compared to 2017. Uh, Now 5% doesn't sound like a lot, but that's the total EU consumption, so that's really significant. So the, the point I'm trying to bring out here is that, you know, in deploying 5G uh, we can do that in a sustainable way by this holistic approach. 5G in itself helps subscribers, like in this COVID situation, to also reduce their energy curve. And at the same time, on top of all that, by using 5G the way it was really intended to digitize and automate uh, vertical industries, we can further reduce the energy consumption. So you, you see a, a connection between uh, multiple points here so like you said it's a, kind of a happy feedback loop for flywheel
1: mike i really appreciate you taking the time to share your perspective to share erickson's perspective on how sustainability practices related to 5g and ict can have this additive effect as they digitize other industries so thank you again for the discussion and for answering the question will 5g change the world
0: it already is
1: 5G Changed the World is an Arden Media production. The show today was produced and edited by me,
0: Sean Kenny. Thanks for listening.